right, it is a local bank holiday here in Nadeche, but Janet and I are tireless. We never stop, except I'm going to go to the beach the minute we finish recording this, because I want to spend. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Cleo O'Flynn on CanaryCast, uh, co-hosted by the wonderful... Janet Elskam. Hello, everybody. Happy local um, public holiday in Nadeche. Yes, and tomorrow, which is Tuesday, the 12th of October, is a national fiesta. So, oh, it is. so public you. offices in Adeche are closed today and tomorrow, but all schools and banks and offices will be closed tomorrow on the 12th. Yeah, so have a lovely really holiday really tomorrow, really everybody. Yeah. Um, Janet, we were, we're going to talk about a couple of things uh, kind of in passing, but we need to start with the main, the, what, the ongoing main event, which is the, the volcano, which has become, I mean, I've noticed, and I think we've said this before, that it has moved from, the first few days of, wow, isn't this really exciting and interesting? And look at the eruptions. And is it a strombolic or a Hawaiian? Or And people were learning new words. And then as houses began to become destroyed and livelihoods obliterated, the, the mood music changed, didn't it? And we're now into week three. Um, and it has lasted longer than the 1971 volcano, if I'm right. So what, where are we? I mean, you were posting yesterday about, a, you know, a, a collapse of the North Cone um, what, and there's a third lava flow zone, I think. What, what's happening at the moment? Uh, OK, well, at 3.12 this afternoon, we start day 23. We are now into the fourth week of the eruption or third week of the eruption. Um, no, fourth week. The fourth it week, yeah. 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 Um, It started on the nineteenth, didn't it, of September? That's right. Yeah. And this, the main cone, um, another side of it. I mean, this is like a giant pimple, if you like. And the one flank of it, one side of it, broke away before, and now the north side of it has also broken away. And yesterday we were watching. Amazing, phenomenal, incredible, unbelievable scenes of the new stream of lava that was coming out of this collapsed wall. And one piece of footage from a drone showed a what looked like a little boulder that had been thrown out by the volcano. And it was rushing down at 700 meters an hour down this river of red hot lava and eventually went past a building that would be the size of a little Canarian church. I think most people would have an idea of what that is like, the size of a little Canarian church. And this boulder was as big as that church. And it looked like a little stone that had been chucked out. This is a phenomenal eruption. And I think it has taken volcanologists by surprise because I think initially they thought it was only going to be a little one and maybe three weeks you know, if you were lucky, it might go to three weeks. Or if you were very lucky, it might only be one week. Well, here we are. It is yeah. far from coming to an end. It looks like it's actually just getting up ahead of steam. Yeah. I mean, I, I've spoken to a fabulous and fascinating woman. Her name is Carmen Solana. And now she's from Tenerife. She's a qualified volcanologist, lava specialist. Um, but she now teaches, she lectures in Portsmouth University. So okay. I've just recorded an interview with her, which is going on the English Time program on Thursday. But she was also talking about, I mean, it, it is 
the amount of different specialities that you need to study something like a lava flow. I mean, because very few scientists get to study their speciality as it's actually happening. This is what she was pointing out, that a lot of people who are there might be experts in lava flow or the makeup of the magma or volcanoes, but they've never actually seen one in action before. So she has this kind of um, split personality attitude in a way because she she flew over the day after it erupted um, in her expert role. And she was working with Involcan, which is the Canarian Institute of Volcanoes, but also as, as a canaria. Her heart was breaking at, you know, what she was seeing happening to people she knows who live in La Palma. Um, and she stressed over and over again that the priority is the people. Also praising the, the emergency services um, who who ensured that no one has died and there hasn't been any human injuries still four weeks in, which is, you know, fantastic. The amount of destruction, I think, has gone beyond anybody's expectations. You know, the, the amount of houses and buildings that have been destroyed is we're near a thousand now, I think, or, or beyond possibly. It, it is beyond. It, it is, as we said before, there are these obvious, wow, how spectacular reactions, because this is a spectacle. I mean, it's the earth putting on a fireworks show like none other. Yeah. It, when a volcano goes like this, I mean, of course we stand slack jawed. Completely on in amazement, but the other side of that is people's lives. And my husband was telling me this morning he was reading in El Pais an article. Um, as you were saying before, banana plantations are mainly in the south, and they were already struggling because the main water pipe broke, and they've had to bring in emergency irrigation for this because this is the island's main economy. But El Pais this morning had a story about one banana farmer there and he was interviewed explaining that he had left school when he was 13 he's our sort of age you know and he'd left school when he was 13 because his own father had um there were health problems I believe and he left school and he had spent his whole life in and building up the banana plantation that is now he stood there yesterday and watched the new lava stream carry it away and only a month ago, or just before the volcano went up, he said he'd been talking to his own two sons, who are now adult men, about how they could develop it in the future. Obviously, it would be divided between the two sons, and there would be business for both of them, and they, how they would take it forward, and how they would each develop. That was just a month ago. Well, that's and now, now his life is covered with rock. Yeah, and, and it's not that he can wash it away. Yes, it's tragic. Don't, don't feel sorry for me in particular, he was saying. You know, everybody here is in the same position. Yeah. You know, yeah. you. I was also reading this morning that where this lava has created streams, as it reaches the sea, it creates this platform, which itself is now a little stable and at risk. But elsewhere, it's coming down in streams and it's spreading out to form a delta as it reaches the coast. And in some areas, it's going around pieces of land, which are becoming what they're calling islands of biodiversity. Wow. Because these are untouched little pieces of La Palma that the lava hasn't, that it's gone around. So maybe it's come around a mountain and then just gone separately down to the sea in streams. And those little bits of untouched 
land surrounded by lava streams. They are going to be islands of biodiversity. When this is all over, it will be fantastic. But, we but for now, it's not fantastic. Not for it's the not people. fantastic. We are privileged to live through an awesome demonstration of what the Earth can do, yeah. I think. I mean, I, I have, as people know, and I bang on about it so much, I like to swim a lot in the sea, and I have noticed um, what I think are fragments in the water that I haven't seen there before. And the, 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 the kind of composition of the seawater seems to have changed over the last couple of weeks, uh, certainly in the last two weeks, which is no surprise. I mean, we're not beside no. La Palma, but very near it. Um, I mean, I was I was joking and my sisters are flying over this week and I jokingly said, you know, tip tip the pilot a fiver to see if he can fly over the the island. But they probably will be able to see something on their approach in, I think. Or certainly I, I, I would think they'd see something. I mean, everybody who has ever flown to Tenerife will be familiar with the fact that you normally come down past La Palma is the first thing you see. You so much when we those of us who live here, when you're flying home. And you see La Palma, you think, oh, nearly um, there. Yeah, nearly there now, just 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd be very surprised if they couldn't see something. Let's hope that it doesn't affect air travel. Because well, they this are is what I wanted to say. Yeah, they are talking about a change of wind direction today. And that could newly affect at least La Palma airport, certainly over the last few days. Tenerife airports have not been immune from no, there have been delays on certain, quite a lot of flights of a few hours. Yeah, and one flight at least was diverted from Tenerife North That's right. Tenerife South. Um, Tenerife South at the moment completely unaffected, but I mean, this eruption, like I say, it's, if anything, it looks like it's building up ahead of steam rather than... Yes, it's not abating. It, it certainly doesn't seem to be abating at the mm. moment, so... It is very difficult when you're reporting in day 23, nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Theresa May clear. Nothing has changed. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, because you feel, I kind of almost feel annoyed with people who wanted to be even more spectacular because you're kind of thinking, well, actually, no, we wanted to stop now because if there's more lava, if there are more fireworks, it means more people will be affected. Um, the, the you know, ideally, it should calm down now, please. Yeah, and greater the risk when this platform that has formed, the Pajana, it, it's La Palma has a little ledge in it and is resting on it, and it will at some point, if it keeps increasing, topple over the edge. And yeah. that is going to cause a, a moderate sized wave, but more importantly, gases and yeah. more sulfur dioxide. It, this is not a situation. How, how could you ever want anybody to have to live through this? We wanted to come to an end. Yeah. And yeah. for it to be. Um, and, but we have no control. <laughs> none. And on that issue of the wave, I mean, if, if, if people start thinking, oh, I read about that. I remember that from 20 years ago. This is the mega tsunami. The, the experts are saying, no, it's not. If there Absolutely. is, you know, it will cause a wave, but it will be a wave that will dissipate. That's what they're We're saying. We're talking about now. 15 feet. We're talking about a 15 feet wave at its maximum, a five meter wave, um, spreading out for maybe 150 meters or maybe even a kilometer. But this is far from the scenario of the mega tsunami reaching America. This is exactly a very of 90 meters height. Yeah, I mean that would require half of La Palma to fall into the sea. Yeah. 
That's, Which that's is how extreme that scenario exactly. is. Exactly. It would require half the island to collapse. And that is what we're talking about here is the little platform falling yeah. off its ledge. Yeah. So, so I mean, if anybody's watching this and they are planning to fly into the Canary Islands over the next couple of weeks, don't cancel anything. The one thing I would say is, you know, just keep an eye on either the Spanish airport authorities, which is AENA, A-E-N-A, and their web pages are in English too. Um, just to see on the day of your flight to make sure there's no, you know, uh, retrasos, delays to your flights. That's the only thing, that's the only thing we're seeing affected at the moment is that there are some delays because of ash in the winds, but there, you know, none of the big companies are cancelling flights or anything like that. No, I mean, La, La Palma Airport is, is um, open and closed. It's open today. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's open and closed. It, on a sort of hour on an hourly basis, sometimes they they just have to keep sweeping the runway. I mean, is is that clear? Is that simple? They just have to keep clearing the runway. When it's covered with ash, they close it again, clear the runway, reopen. Hmm. All travellers have been told now for the best part of two and a half weeks, anybody coming to the Canaries or through or into or among the Canary Islands, check before you leave home exactly. because there is the possibility for disruption. Yes. All right. Well, so we leave it at that. I mean, obviously, people rest assured if there is a huge development, we can always do a, a kind of an emergency canary cast update, Janet, and post it. Of course we can. But, but for can. now, for now, that's where we're at. And if the gods are listening, could you stop now, please? Enough already. <laughs> Just turn it off. <laughs> turn it off Great show. Thank you very much. <laughs> OK. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, very quickly, as we mentioned before, Adeje is on, on holidays for, the, for today and tomorrow, but there are things, but there, we're on holidays because we have fiestas, patronal fiestas. So these are the local fiestas. There's a lot of, there's masses going on. There have been events for kids at the weekend. We have a big concert with Agonai happening next Saturday. There are still tickets for that. So if people want to go on to www.adeje.es, they'll find out all the details and where to go for ticket sales. But another event that's happening this week is of interest to you in particular, I think, Janet, because it's something that you were involved in before, which is the whole issue of holiday rentals. Um, because in the past, this was quite a um a controversial issue because people who bought second homes here to rent out to make a bit of money found that they were breaking the law basically if they hadn't registered them and if they were in a comunidad that was a residential comunidad the likelihood is they weren't going to be allowed to do it it was simply just against the law now I, I don't know and there were people being taken to court and I know you were working with a company that was advising people um, but there's an event happening in Adeje now on the 14th and 15th and it's the first international congress on holiday rentals organized by ASCAB which is the association of uh, holiday rentals in the Canary Islands. I mean, what, what do we know? What's the current situation? Well, the current situation is that the Vivienda Vacacional legislation is being rewritten, but other pressures have come obviously into play with COVID and <laughs> the volcano. Um, this is a subject that has been going on since the 1990s. This is not a new thing. I don't know what the solution will be. The, the basic problem, if problem there is, is grounded in the fact that there is a holiday industry in the Canary Islands, which governments, as always happens everywhere, 
seek to maximize and relationships develop between government and industry that are quite close and protectionism is inevitable sometimes particularly when you've got a little area like the canary so mm -hmm. the hotel associations and the government work very closely together to protect it's like a lobby group they're just a very very strong lobby group but it's in both their interests because the government needs the income from yeah. tourism as well so they work together over the many years that inevitably results in private owners feeling shut out because everything favors the big groups the hoteliers the the complexes you've got a little holiday apartment that you bought for your own holiday you can help pay the mortgage off by letting it out you think when and you're not here why not yeah. except the government had already made that illegal often people weren't told mm -hmm. when they bought that it was illegal um very often they were told it's actually illegal but don't worry because the government doesn't do anything about and it everybody's it. doing it and everybody's doing it anyway this this was true they didn't used to enforce it but as things as the economy got tighter and as conditions got tougher they clamped down on it and this is going back well i don't know 20 years perhaps now and certainly about 15 years ago they really clamped down and started imposing fines for holiday letting private properties that shouldn't have been let out to holiday makers commercially but these fines were sort of 18 20 000 euros i mean they were completely out of any proportion sure to what might have been considered the offense or certainly out of any proportion to the financial gain that uh -huh. had been made and so i with a couple of lawyers and um maria blasco who works for um clear blue sky estate agency we set up a formal association a lotka to help people who've been fined what we considered unfairly or in some cases actually illegally and we got a lot of fines overturned because they had not been issued correctly the government was just seeking holiday properties on the internet and issuing yeah. fines on yeah. the basis well anyway that was what we did but at the same time doris borrega set up asca mm -hmm. as an association which was sort of the mirror image of ours in a way we were looking to we weren't looking to change the law to facilitate holiday letting we were looking to protect people who've been fined unfairly okay she was looking to make a legal niche within which private owners could take part in holiday letting alongside the hoteliers okay. and her association therefore still continues we didn't need to continue with ours because the fines stopped okay it was so successful it was so successful in Excellent. the end the courts well the government you must not impose fines on the basis of stuff you found on the internet you yeah. have to investigate yeah. properly if there's an offense we will support the fine if there's no offense you can't issue a fine you know, and once that stopped, we wound down the association, but Doris is still going. And the just looking at ASCAP, because I, I translated their the press release and they're saying that their aim is to protect the holiday rental sector in the Canaries as part of the tourism offer in the island and stress about it is an important element of the overnight stay offer and its contribution to the diversity of the insular economy model. So basically, if, if I, my reading is correct. <clears throat> They want to actually, they want recognition of the rental sector as an integral part of the overall tourism offer. Absolutely. They, and it they makes are sense vehemently opposed 
they're vehemently opposed to the protect what they perceive, I think correctly, as the protectionism yeah. that gives unfair advantages to those who already have government support for the main part of the industry, like the hotel sector. Sure. They have governmental support. And she just wants the same for people because people do want to go on holiday in a holiday apartment. Not everybody yeah. wants to stay in a hotel. But I also imagine it would, like many, many years ago, as probably happened in the UK and Ireland, when you decide to actually include holiday rentals, you can then regulate them. So you Absolutely. can insist on standards, you can insist yeah. on um, a, a, you know, a conduit for complaints so that there's guarantees of a certain level of service. So it, if it, it should be a good thing. It should contribute to the overall tourism offer. This has always been a fundamental plank of Doris's argument that if you allow it, you can regulate it. Yeah. If you if you prohibit it, you won't stop it because it's what people want to do. And yeah. also there are constitutional rights. You have a property. Who's to tell you what you can do in it? Yeah. yeah. There are constitutional rights here. And she she's always argued this and, and should be able to do what they want with their own property and it's to the government's advantage because they can collect tax they can ensure the quality and they can monitor standards exactly and and they can also then when people book you know they can create a kite mark or some kind of a quality mark Exactly. Um, that so when people are booking, they say, "Well, this is part of the holiday rental recognised exactly. association. Therefore, these things are guaranteed." And just the people who are are coming along, who are going to be speaking, you're going to have somebody from the World Tourism Organization, from FECEDO, which is the Canarian Federation for Business Development and Commerce, and FECAM, which is the Canarian Federation of Boroughs, as well as the Association of Tourism Boroughs, which is a fairly new organisation, and the Deche's mayor is currently the president of that. So, you know, I think it's moving in the right direction. I do. And of course, where better than the Deche with the, the tourism powerhouse, if you like. Yeah, and um, we've just developed this new healthy destination stamp as well. So, I mean... Yes. The yes. feeling certainly uh, is that we're moving towards the next phase now of tourism, that, you know, COVID isn't over, the pandemic isn't completely finished, but we can now start to look ahead. And so, you know, that's only a good thing. Okay. Listen, before we go, um, you and I were chatting before we started to record today about pensions. Pensions. Now, I'm not retiring age yet, but I will be in a few years. And I'm becoming curious now about how I will go about claiming my pension. Um, so I'm Irish, so I will, I've worked in Ireland for about 20 years and I've worked here for 22 years. Um, so I want to find out what to do. Uh, your situation is different because you, you worked in the UK for a lot of your life, but you were also autonomous or, or you know, self-employed yes. here. So you're also you know, curious about what the procedure will be because you're am. different. So, yes, and I'm, I'm British, um, which now adds possibly another complication because now we're not in the EU, and so that is a complicating factor. I'm also one of the 50s women whose pension was delayed until okay. the age of 66. So there are quite clearly a whole range of circumstances in which people might find themselves here when it comes to 
the point of claiming their pension and finding out what they're entitled to. So mm. I think we need to talk to someone. We need someone to tell us. Yeah, so me and Janet are going to put on our old lady thinking caps <laughs> um, <laughs> and see who we have in our contact book. But if anybody would like to to drop us a message on the platform, the Anchor podcast platform, if they have suggestions as to somebody who would be good to invite onto the programme to talk to us about the different kind of pension options that are available to somebody like me, to somebody like Janet, we'd be delighted to hear from them. And as we've said before, if you've any other things you would like us to have a look at on Canary Cast, please let us know. Let us know. Yeah. So for now, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Uh, Anyone who's working but has tomorrow off, have a lovely special day in the middle of the week. And we will talk to you next week, unless there is a major change in La Palma. In which case, we will do a little special for you. Well, on that basis, let us hope that we will speak to you all next week. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) Janet, a pleasure as always. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.